Good morning and welcome to the Kim Jong Bui Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Daig, and with me on this brisk Saturday morning, as always, Gabe Sabarzo. Howdy, Gabe. Hey, good morning, Cam. Good morning, everybody. It is a brisk Saturday morning. My uh, car windshield was iced over, so I felt like I was in the Midwest somewhere instead of in Texas, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, isn't that Texas where, like, last (laughs) week is going to be 75 degrees, feel great, and then this week it's going to go straight to freezing? Pretty sure that is Texas, Gabe. Welcome to it. I know. I know. I've been here a while. It still catches me off guard. Well, uh... Lots of exciting stuff going on this weekend, uh, definitely with the NFL and with our fantasy group, but then also got to do a little plug for the Aggies, have a big game today against uh, the Auburn Tigers. And uh, they do. I was, uh, I was actually telling you before the pod, me and Addy are going to head down to College Station today. I know that's not where the game is, so like, don't think I'm being an idiot. Um, but a uh, little breaking news here on the pod: Ben, Ben just got himself a new girlfriend. Ben, I hope it was okay that I just told everybody that. But hey, uh, congrats, Ben! Got himself a new girlfriend. So today's the day she gets to meet the whole family. I'm actually uh, pretty scared for her. Uh, my family doesn't do anything little, and so like, I love my family to death. But, like, if you don't know them, they can be a lot. And so I'm hoping my parents are on their best behavior. I'm hoping I'm on my best behavior. Um, but I'm excited for him. It should be a good time down in College Station. Uh, what, are, what are your plans this weekend, Gabe? Got anything big? Uh, I don't have too many plans, but this reminds me of, so when Daniel and Lindsay, uh, they're married now, um, Daniel went to visit Lindsay's family for the first time. Um, you, you reminded me because you said your family doesn't do anything little. Mm-hmm. They baked him a cake and it <laughs> was like decorated and it said like, welcome Daniel. And, uh, <laughs> like he was telling me that it caught him like a little off guard, but he really appreciated it. And like, <laughs> it's just kind of one of those things where like, you just, it's better to hit the ground running because that's really how like her family is. They're very like hospitable and, um, like they love like welcoming new people in and so it was just like but you can see how that could like unnerve some people if it was like your first time meeting someone (laughs) so best of luck to you uh ben and and cam and uh the new girlfriend but it just it reminded me of that story when daniel was telling me at first (laughs) i was like oh interesting (laughs) must be how they do things down there yeah (laughs) ah no it'll be fun it should be fine and if not, that's us. That's on us, Ben. That's on us. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's get into it. We have uh, this is a juicy week, Gabe. So this is Dude. this is our last regular season games and matchups. And you just like go through every single one of the matchups, just like glancing at them, and every single one matters. Uh, oh, like yeah. it has some sort of playoff implications outside oh, of like yeah. maybe one, but. It's going to be super juicy. It's going to be awesome. Um, And so, Gabe, actually what we're going to do today, we'll go through the injuries Uh and and any other news we need to go into like we normally do. Um, And then I'd actually like for us to do the recap a little bit quicker than we normally do so that we can so that we can like hit some have some hard hitting analysis from you uh, in the week 13 matchups. 
Uh, yeah, I'm down. Lend a little bit more time to those so we can get into like, you know, what, what sort of matchups does each individual player have uh, and really yeah. look at who we want uh, or who's going to have an upper hand on these matchups tomorrow. So uh, just a, a primer. Every time I've gotten a notification, a little piece of me, like feeling for Bowie's team has died because it feels like every time it's a notification of something that's going on this week, it's on Bowie's team. Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Alaire or Josh Jacobs. Yeah. The Panthers are all on by. And he has to win this week to even give himself a shot. So uh, tune in. But yeah, that is a, a little bit of uh, what you'll catch at the end of the pod, hopefully. Um. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get right into it. Here, Gabe. Oh, the other thing that I wanted to mention, it's also interesting because we didn't have a Thursday night game this week. And so, mm -hmm. like, the analysis that we're going to have doesn't even have the precursor of seeing how everybody did on Thursday night. So, like, usually we get to see one or two players from each team, uh, or at least a few teams, and say, oh, man, this guy went off. We can kind of mm -hmm. see that they are they have a better chance of winning. And we don't have that this week. And so, That's true. Um, it it's, it's going to be fun. Like, it's cram-packed tomorrow with all these Sunday games. And then I know even, uh, I believe Dallas has a Tuesday game. Yeah. And two Monday night games. So a lot of these matchups aren't even going to be decided until like Tuesday, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, it's no. going to be a long drawn out weekend of football and results. And honestly, I'm excited to kind of cleanse my palate after that Wednesday afternoon, RG three so weird Ma Marquise Brown finally decided he, all he needed was trace McSorley. To, to get another touchdown, <laughs> put up his second best fantasy performance. So, man, um, I just, I'm excited to watch some uh, like competitive. Uh, I don't know. I just, I felt like I played Kendall Hinton. So I watched that game a little closely. And then I watched a little bit of the Wednesday afternoon game. I'm just excited to get some like NFL competition going back in my life. You yeah. Know? Funny story about <laughs> that game. So, because it was during the afternoon, of course, like we were all working and at my work, like I can't have my phone out and be watching a game. Like that's a bad look. But so I found, I went to the bathroom and I like found this bootleg Steelers broadcast and <laughs> like it was through YouTube and like it was not official at all, Oh, but it was goodness. these, it was these three guys and they were commentating the game or like radio broadcasting the game <clears throat> and like one of the guys you could tell he did this like this was professional like he was really good at what he was doing all of his transitions mm -hmm. were really good and the other two guys were just terrible like they offered they offered zero zero <laughs> intelligence to the game um uh -huh. like one guy anytime the main main guy would like go through his whole routine of like saying what happened during the play like oh benny snow bounces it outside and cuts up the middle blah 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 and then he gets tackled this guy would come in and be like Benny Snell's really good. And like that was his only <laughs> that was his only comment and he would do that after like every other play. And you could just tell this main guy was getting so annoyed with this guy cuz he would just cut him off mid sentence and be like, "Yeah, that's great." And then could like go back to what he was saying. So it was just like really strange and like put 2020 and like a Wednesday afternoon afternoon game all into this uh onto this bubble of like this weird broadcast I was listening to. And I was like, you know what? This makes sense. This makes sense what I'm doing right now. So it was interesting to say the least. Um, but we'll go ahead and start up here. Uh, we'll start with the injuries. Gabe, I'm going to run through them like we usually do. Uh, and if I miss anything, feel free to hop in. Um, but 
the headliner of this week kind of popped up um, through our sleeper app. Josh Jacobs is officially out with an ankle injury. Uh, so he'll be missing this crucial week for Bowie. Uh, Julio Jones is still listed as questionable, though I did see a report that yesterday um, he said he told reporters that he was feeling really good and that he felt like he had a good chance of playing. That has huge implications, not just for Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley, it's got implications for him as well, um, as he just does a lot better when Julio Jones is in the lineup and he's not seeing all the attention from the defense. Uh, DeAndre Swift is listed as questionable, which is pretty strange because, like, I know he went through the concussion um, protocol, and then it it seemed like there was reports that he was getting out of the protocol, but then now his uh, his coach is saying no, he's still like suffering a little bit from um, from the concussion, and he's just not a hundred percent there. That report was uh, it was, was kind of weird because even like. Adrian Peterson came out and said, like, he's not himself. And there's just, like, an ominous, like, uh, I don't know, aura around this injury because, yeah. I mean, concussions are, are pretty um, unpredictable injuries. So you just hope for the best for DeAndre Swift. He was having um, he was great. Quite, the, quite the rookie season. I mean, he came in with a high pedigree and highly touted by, um, like, NFL uh draft scouts and and so you you just like you you would hate to see him um like put in a situation medically that's that's going to be the reason um for something to happen so yeah i don't know you hopefully with this new coaching regime um they do what's best for the future of the franchise Agreed, yeah. and um just keep him like safe but yeah uh I, I don't know. It said he, the last report that I read was that he would have a limited role if he was active. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Obviously we're not in the locker room. We don't actually have any like medical, like we, all, the only reports that we have are the ones that are released to the public. So we don't actually know what's happening. Um, but you do hope for the best in that situation uh, for sure. Well, going with the theme of like lions players who, has weird injuries kenny galladay is still out with a hip injury um bro they uh they definitely mismanaged that hip injury he's like, been day to day or world? week to week for so long yeah it, it it honestly reminds me a lot of um of garrett's running back my gosh i guess i'm just struggling with names this morning um, who are you talking about Which the Bengals running back Joe oh, Mixon. Joe Mixon. Yeah, yeah, it's honestly reminding me of Joe Mixon, where it was like, oh, I think he's coming back. I think he's coming back. And then, boom, he's like on the yeah. IR. Like, at this point, it really wouldn't surprise me if the Lions came out and they threw Kenita Galladay on the IR. Um, yeah. It's just weird. Like, it's very, very strange. And it just feels like the Lions, maybe it was a Matt Patricia deal and we'll get more information now. Um, but it just felt like there was a lot of information being withheld, a lot of, like, Hey, we're gonna like maybe think trick the other team that Kenny Galladay is gonna play, and then he doesn't for three weeks. So I don't know. Strange. Deal I actually, there. yeah, it is a strange deal, and I actually think that in some cases, since they changed a lot of the IR reserve list, practice squad elevation uh, regulations this year, like I feel like it's made um, like coaches manage injuries a little bit differently and in some cases like you mentioned joe mixon even chris carson to an extent like though you give like this false sense of hope that they might be able to play even though internally they might not have been like been making any progress and it's just like 
I feel like this year more than ever, I felt this way about injury management. And I've honestly felt this way about quarterbacking decisions. We can talk about this later, but I have never been more confused by quarterback decision-making this year in the NFL. Like what, for example, what in the world are you doing with Jalen Hurts in, in Philadelphia? Like what is he, <laughs> That's what, honestly why is he coming different. in for a play and then leaving? Like just managing situations like that, managing Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua, just like off the top of my head, some of these like situations where I'm like, obviously I'm not in the locker room, but some of these just are head scratchers and it it doesn't really, like I'm just confused in the same way that I'm confused about a lot of the injury management or injury handling amongst like the administration of, of different teams. So, well, well, and honestly, I would have thought with the three-week IR being a thing this year i thought we would like get more players on that three-week ir like if you were already pushing possibly a two-week injury why not just throw them on the ir so that you can bring up another player that's going to help your team for the next two weeks right you know? and, and like some players some some coaches some administrations did that like but yeah you're right i don't know why if you are like going if you're if you're cautiously optimistic why not just be safer rather than exactly like exactly um, right like risk the team or, or or sacrifice that roster spot yeah and we've also had a lot of like weird situations with doctors especially early in the season just a lot going on i feel like yeah. and I, no i i've thought that for a while so i'm glad i got to get that off my chest because i'm just like what well, are we doing out here i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> well uh i only have like a couple more injuries here so daniel jones um i think he's officially listed as doubtful with a hamstring injury, but I don't, I, I'm not even going to say it because I'll probably be wrong, but he's listed as doubtful with a hamstring injury is all I'm going to say. Um, I don't think he's going to play. Uh, so they were supposed to have a good matchup, but I would now kind of downgrade, uh, Darius Slayton, who was already getting downgraded the last few weeks. Uh, but then also Sterling Shepard, which I believe mm -hmm. is on your team. Um, he is. Ideally, I don't have to play him this week because uh, <clears throat> David Johnson or Miles Gaskin or oh, both that's are right. back. But that's um, right. Um, yeah. My team it, is definitely at its best when I have running backs in the flex and not like these flyer <laughs> receivers. So, and then our last one here is Clyde Edwards. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's officially listed as questionable. Um, this was another interesting one because he's listed listed as having an illness, which, as we've talked about before, this means he doesn't have COVID because teams have to they have to say whether or not um a player is experiencing covid symptoms or has had close contact or is tested positive all of those things so this is like another sort of illness um but all week Le'Veon bell has been getting the starter snaps and so that'll kind of be interesting to monitor um clyde who's on big r's team um just kind of like a situation to monitor at this point we have no further knowledge so i don't know if that's gonna be like a game time decision or what but that could mean a huge boost to Le'Veon bell if he were to get like the bell cow <laughs> i see what i did there the bell nice. cow um workload in that game also so. did you say clyde is on big r's team yeah is he not he's on Bowie, he's on Bowie's team oh that's right that's right they he, traded that's right trade, but uh oh that actually has huge implications then so yeah, that's kidding. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Every time I got a notification, it was like for Bowie's team. I was so, like, so Bowie might be down Clyde, 
Josh. No, you don't. You don't even want to hear what Bowie's like projected starting lineup if Clyde oh, doesn't play man. is. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, but did you have any Zach others? for this uh, for this meme in the in the group chat? He just put that every team in the NFC East is now playing with a backup quarterback. <laughs> And the joke is that uh, Carson Wentz is, is the backup quarterback. So, ha <laughs> <Aha>. ha. <laughs> Even though he's kind of playing like it, I would like to see Jalen Hurts get the starter reps there. That was you, what I was saying earlier. But do you want to get into hard that? Let's get into that really uh, quick. Just, just mean, really quick. It's like it, it's like, do you want what's best for your team or what's best for your cap? Because this is a fifty-two million dollar cap hit if Carson Wentz is not on your team next year, or is the backup or like. It just it you you paid him to be your starter. You might as well run with it. Like it's just hard because Jalen Hurts. Like you want to see it. You spent a second round pick on him. Like you want to see it. Fans want to see it. I want to see it because I'm not financially invested in the Eagles. But like you have to wonder if like like it's not that easy. You know, it's not like we're playing it, high school football and the best player plays. You know, it's like there's so much more that goes into it. Yeah. Um. Now having. Or being a Texans fan, are you getting like some Brock Osweiler vibes here with Carson Wentz? Like one year um, flash in the pan sort of deal, then Mick gets the bag and he's gone. It could be. The only difference is that he's playing for the same team. Osweiler kind of switched and it kind like I'm not saying that he was ever a good quarterback, but that the the Tex the, the Houston Texans system like just did not suit him well and he was obviously not very good. I don't know about Carson Wentz. Honestly, in 2017, it shocks me that he went 11-2 and as a starter because, like, I wasn't watching football as closely. I guess I was more studious back then, or I don't even know what I was doing in 2017. <laughs> but I, like, wasn't as heavily invested in, like, watching football analytically. And so it's like, I, like, maybe he was just better back then. But, like, it could be a flash in the pan. It could be, like, I talked about Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, how once teams kind of figure out your tendencies, you have to really, like, elevate your game. Because, like, like there there have been examples of players who have flashes in the pan and then they get game. They, 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 they're, they're, like, these defensive coordinators are intelligent people. And so they kind of script different um, defensive schemes that, that make it confusing for them and you see a like a lot of regression the next year but man i don't know about carson wentz because he looks horrible he like yeah. he makes me like i don't know it's you you have to at least wonder because you can blame the offensive line you can blame different weapons and things but like when you watch these games yourself you have to at least like like half of the time it's like i, I think i was looking at pro football focus he has the second worst like bad throw percentage of any quarterback in the NFL. I think his bad throw percentage is like 22% or something. And the only one worse is Drew Locke. And like at least Drew Locke completes some of his downfield throws. But yeah, I don't know. Both well, of those guys and like they don't inspire confidence in your fantasy football players. Or I can't imagine as a head coach, you see some of these throws, they inspire much confidence in you as like an NFL coach. Either. Okay. And here's the thing. So like last year, there was already questions starting to come up about Carson Wentz. Right. And this is clear because the team drafted a quarterback in the second round. So like the yeah. way he ended the season last year was not good. Right. And so with that being said, the team drafts a quarterback in the second round, which everybody thought was strange, but clearly like they see something in practice and like in games that they didn't like um, or just wanted to like cover themselves a little bit. And then I posted this in the group message. 
but I, I just want to bring it up again. Carson Wentz, since 1950. Oh, this drop-off thing? That was crazy. Has the fifth <laughs> largest drop-off in passer rating from the, from his prior three seasons. Okay, yeah, so wild. So the other like other notable players on here is Peyton Manning in 2015 when he when he had turned 39 years old. We all had like a neck surgery. <laughs> we remember that. Like you, yeah. like that is that. Oh is yeah. Oh yeah. Potent in my mind. He hit the wall and it was it was over. Like you could tell you were you were watching football. You could tell exactly. It was over. And then he has he has a worse drop off than Brett Favre in his 41 year old year. Like it's just it it's unbelievable yeah. and doesn't make any sense. I mean, maybe Carson Wentz is just uh, he's just an pain. early an early wall hitter. He yeah, just, he, it's not for him to hang it up. And I will say, I will say, it's like a Cowboys fan, like that that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Like the Eagles are gonna suck forever. But as like a guy who is not followed Carson Wentz, but everything I've seen about Carson Wentz, he's like a good dude, you know, and like yeah. works hard and like doesn't do anything wrong and like really wants to be a team guy like i feel yeah. bad for him the player because it doesn't no i'm with you it doesn't feel like this situation where he just got paid and he was like all right that's it i'm out like right. it seems like he it's wants like, to be good he just can't right, do like, it i felt the same way with like mitch trubisky sam darnold carson wentz like something happened and now they're just like, like they've all had flashes of like like good franchise quarterback play but then you like you you see their face or like you watch some of the playmaking and it's like they're a deer in headlights like yeah. they they watch too much patrick mahomes film and they're like i want to be that guy instead of just like playing to their strengths and like all three of those guys i feel like they're still young they like i i, I don't know obviously the situations are different but i'm like you can't like it has to be a little bit mental at this point you know like yeah and i did hear this stat um or see this stat somewhere uh, and i can't perfectly quote it but it said something along the lines of like in carson wentz's mvp year or supposed to be mvp year he he was actually a pretty average quarterback on first and second down mm -hmm. and then he was just like ungodly on third, third down. down like they were talking about his success rate on third third down and how had he continued it over the entire course of the season it would have like shattered the record for success rate on third down uh and so there was just like something about like his magical play on third down but but outside of third down he was actually a super average quarterback um and like actually had some red flags that were popping up on those downs and so i i don't know how much like stock you want to put into that but it feels like he just caught magic that one year um and then outside of that he's been like an average ish quarterback and then this last season and a half has just been atrocious for him so i i don't know i don't know if we want to keep talking about that but it's just like such a weird drop off and i'm with you uh it seemed like jalen hurts did a couple good things like he came in for for two plays and threw the ball twice and completed both passes and um you do wonder like when they're gonna try to make the switch uh if the struggles continue which it looks like they will so i don't know yeah definitely um okay that's enough of that talk let's go ahead uh let's actually look at the standings in our uh fantasy league real quick gabe so that we get a good idea of where everybody's at so um 
here, Gabe, do you have them pulled up? Yeah, I do. Go ahead and hit them with hit us with them. All right. Uh, first place clinched playoffs. Uh, leading our points for the penis punchers, Garrett. Um, second place also clinched playoffs with the third most points for. We have uh, Scam and Bowie's Dacty, uh, Zach. Third place, Cam, Geis's girl. Uh, like the. Is that third fourth. or fourth? I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to do like a... How come everybody else you know, but math. I get fourth? It's, because it's hard to do mental math. And I saw... <laughs> Actually, Zach is third, by the way. That, yeah, you're right. I'm going to stop giving that because I didn't do it beforehand. So it's just going to get more confusing as I go down the list. That's fair. But, but I'm fourth, everybody. So don't everybody think that I'm in last of her points four and my schedule's just been super easy, which it has, no, and, but... On on that topic, I actually think that um, I've thought this for a long time, but I'm pretty confident in your team's ability to actually pull off the the victory in the league. the The oh. combination of your receivers, Chris Carson oh. getting healthy, J.K. Dobbins and or Cam Akers maybe emerging back this, half of the season. This is like, the take I'm here for, Gabe. I actually am feeling like. Did y'all watch Tyreek Hill last mm-hmm. week? Like, did you have you seen Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers this season? Like, it in I, I don't know. And in, in like Chris Carson, that that's kind of where the Seahawks want to live. And obviously DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett will get um some run, but I I don't know. I like as much as we want to talk down your or talk up your fantasy defense, like I feel like your team, especially getting healthier now and seeing some of these breakouts from rookies, like has a real shot. Um, but anyways, we have Connolly in fourth, um, also clinched the playoffs last week. Yep. Myself in fifth, um, and then Camden in sixth, Bowie in seventh, and uh, Big R in eighth, and Ben in ninth, Daniel in tenth. Uh, pe- uh, possibilities of making the playoffs this next week are myself, Camden, Bowie, and then outside shots are Big R and Ben. They would have to like outscore yeah. Bowie and Ca- Bowie and Camden by like a hundred points, but you never know. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. <laughs> you you think... do kind of know, but yeah. you never know. <laughs> I don't really think it's possible. Of note, there. Um, so first, second, and third, we all have the same record. Um, yeah and are not too terribly far away in points four. So really, that can shake out anywhere. Um, Garrett does have the upper hand on all that. Uh, And then, Gabe, you do have a game up on Camden and Bowie, but your points four is significantly lower than both of them. So if you all end up with the same record, um, it would would appear you would probably slide to the bottom there. I would, and I would be worried if Bowie's team, his whole Panthers are on by. Like I'm, I'm a little bit when I when I started this like this week, I was like, oh my gosh, if I lose this week and Camden and Bowie both win, like there's no shot. I'm in Mm -hmm. the playoffs. But then I started looking at the matchups, and so like it, uh, it definitely. I mean, there's still a chance, you know, like I'm never going to say never, but uh, like I'm feeling a little bit better after actually carefully looking through the matchups and being like, okay, what are the chances here? You know? Yeah. Um, and we'll get into matchups in just a second. Let's hit these this week 12 recap, Gabe. And like I said, we're going to kind of fly through the recap 
Um, All right. Just so we can really get into the matchups for this week. Yeah. Uh, so up first here was me versus Camden. Final score being 165 for me to 144 for Camden. Um, both of us did guess that I would take this week, and that was the case. Uh, did you have any? Go ahead and hit me with a few thoughts from the match. Yeah. Tyreek Hill went nuclear. Um, Deion Jones, always nice nuclear. when your IDP can throw up a, a pick six. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of the reason why you won is those two players. And then for Camden, um, Justin Herbert, just only he only had 300 yards passing and one touchdown. I think this is his first not multi-touchdown game since like week three or week four. So like, I mean, he's, he's still so on good. fire. He didn't sink your team, but like, yeah. He's so good, and man. then um, Aaron Jones just couldn't, he, he's, he like, like I said, Aaron Jones played fine. He played well, even they just, they won by a lot and he didn't find the end zone. So like, I don't know. I mean, his team put up 144 points. Like, it's not like his team had a bad week. It's just your team went, exploded yeah when explode mode on them our quarterbacks did face each other and i don't know if you caught that game gabe but <laughs> it was pretty ugly uh so for our quarterbacks to actually end up with positive points was kind of oh miracle. yeah bill's chargers dude that was the weirdest like two whack. not very turnover prone quarterbacks just like throwing picks back and forth it yeah. was kind of it is very strange yeah um, and fumbling yeah who knows Next matchup here, we had uh, Big R versus Ben. Uh, and Ben pulls off the mini upset here. So Ben scores 146 points to Big R's 138. I mentioned that because, as I've mentioned before, um, Ben and Bowie do have a first-round pick swap. Um, and so that does have implications for them if Ben was to jump over Big R in the standings at season's mm -hmm. end. So. True um anything there i know both these teams are kind of not yeah. really looking at the playoffs yeah i mean it was it was fun to see jarvis landry in a game without weather um finally get kind of the target share and uh like breakout game that we were all kind of thinking that was going to happen or not all gonna all kind of thinking but like you would expect that he's the second most talented receiver on that team and he's always been a high target volume guy so like if Odell Beckham is out, you would think that Jarvis Landry would be the beneficiary there. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to see um, him finally get that game. Uh, Kenyon Drake, um, he's kind of he, he's played better as of late. He actually has the second most rushing attempts in goal to go situations in the entire NFL with 21. And so they have pretty much, if they're on the goal line, it's Kenyon Drake's uh, go get a touchdown job. Uh, first place is Derrick Henry with 25 and. Um, Derek Henry's just a beast. Uh, Justin Jefferson, bro. Justin Jefferson is second in PFF grade among all wide receivers. Like, not just rookies. He's first among us rookies and like 10 points higher than the next guy who's Brandon Ayuk. Wow. But he's second. He's so good. That's like, that takes into account route running. That takes into account run blocking. That takes into account like, like if you're running a rub, like all, all of these different things sitting in, in between zones like he's just it, richard sherman has come out and talked about justin jefferson and just how he plays like a fifth or sixth year guy because of how like how smart he is he's not just one of these guys who like works on his like physical craft like he's just he's an intelligent receiver very talented justin jefferson might be my favorite receiver as a rookie in the entire nfl 
fantasy well, or just playing you CD can Lamb, you can pick from like, like seven of them they're all so yeah good. they're so good and they're all they're all really good but yeah. i think justin jefferson man like he's just kind of a cut above really and also not to mention that adam adam thielen i think so but that's that's beside the point i just i, I like watching that team is so fun uh adam adam thielen is actually third in that pff grade so the last team to achieve two top five wide receivers was actually the 2007 patriots with randy moss and wes welker not to say that these guys are uh justin jefferson is randy moss gabe (laughs) said it here first it is impressive like to to be putting up those numbers and have dalvin cook like if the if the vikings hadn't started as slow as they started and even still i think they could make a playoff push but man they're uh they're a good team. They got Dalvin Cook. They got Kirk Cousins playing much better as of late. So um, their defense I'm is about... atrocious, though. At least like their secondary. Yeah, it is. Eric Kendricks is a beast, but um, I'm sure Zach knows that pretty well. That's his uh, IDP who <laughs> puts up like 28 points a game or something. It's Eric Kendricks is insane. Also a um, note in this game uh, for Ben, Mike Evans, dude. It, like he's got to be on pace. <laughs> for an insane like percentage of <laughs> his catches being touchdowns. Three receptions, yeah, two agree. touchdowns. Like Yep. I or wish... like yards to touchdowns. I'm excited to like in the off season kind of look through more of those stats and be like <laughs> he averaged a touchdown on like every ten point six yards or something like <laughs> <laughs> Um bring back Jameis is all I gotta say for Mike man. Oh yeah. Bring back oh, Jameis. Yeah. Um and for uh, for big R's team, just real quick, oh, Zeke, sorry. Uh, that, that Thanksgiving game. Uh, oh my like gosh! It, Antonio Antonio Gibson was just feasting the the Washington football team. Um, it was kind of a showcase of talent on their side and on the Cowboys side. It was like, uh, do we have any more dude turkey or pumpkin pie? Because I am going to leave the TV and walk into any other room, literally any other room. If you're a Cowboys fan, um, Daniel Jones. Um, he got injured and so um we'll have to see but i thought it was interesting that uh <laughs> he actually has the, the highest passer rating on 20 plus yard throws according to pro football focus he uh really? second to kyler but yeah daniel jones is uh apparently only good when he throws it over 20 yards in where the air. and then where is uh justin herbert on that list do you have it pulled up or no I don't. I don't have the list pulled up. Oh, okay, I just wrote okay. it in my notes, gotcha. but I can look later. That's incredible. I, I do know that Justin. I do know that Justin Herbert though has the most touchdowns of fifty plus yards um, in the NFL. With okay. Four. Okay. Wow. But he, yeah, That's his deep ball is really good. Um, Justin Herbert's is, but Daniel Jones. Um, Obviously, it's pretty good. Yeah, he has flashes. You, you, we watched Daniel Jones. He has one throw where you're like, oh dang, I see why they replaced Eli Manning with this guy, and then you have other throws where you're like, uh. Maybe draft a quarterback early next year. Well, it's really the fumbles but... with him. Like he just <laughs> yeah. turns the ball over so much, and some of his yeah, fumbles are hilarious, man. Like, doesn't even make Dude, sense yeah. what he's doing with the ball. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then Cooper Cup kind of boom bust on the Rams, but the Rams are playing really well. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's big R's team. The the loss here kind of knocked him out of real playoff contention. If he had been able to win that week, um, we could have been talking about him maybe sneaking into the back end of the yeah. playoffs, but. Um, that loss really kind of uh, sealed the fate of Big R. Yeah, and that's why he's so salty about Conley's team being good, just in case <laughs> yeah. everybody's wondering. Um, yeah. Just FYI, me and you did both pick Big R for this game, and yeah. Ben pulls off the upset, so we were wrong on hey. that one. Don't mind being wrong on that one. I don't. I, not at all. 
Um, next match up here, we've got we had number one Garrett versus number four Conley, and whoo, Conley puts up a ridiculous 171 points. Um, Garrett not so great with 117 points, uh, and it really like Conley's team came on strong, man. Like they, yeah. his team looks very good, and I think last okay, we had talked Antonio let's... Gibson had already played his Thanksgiving game, which we kind of yeah. knew that gave him a pretty great chance of beating Garrett oh, this yeah. week. But let's let's talk about Connolly's team for a second. So these are the career highs that Connolly's team career highs that Connolly's team's players put up this week. Antonio Gibson had a career high in carries, a career high in targets, a career high in reception, and a career high in fantasy points. He also Austin played. Uh, he also played Dallas's defense. Don't don't. Austin Eckler had a career high in targets. DK Metcalf had a career high in receiving yards. So if we think that like these are career highs, so like if we think that they're going to put up their career highs every year, yeah, or every week, like we should pack it up. We should hang it up. Give Connolly the victory now. But what I'm saying is, I don't think that this week was a fair indicator. Is Connolly's team good? Yes. Is mm-hmm. it going to be hard to beat in the playoffs? Yes. Mm-hmm. But is it unbeatable and unfair to take a screenshot of just this week and use it as the only evidence that, like, are, we're just going to pretend like Cam doesn't have Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill, you know? Like, we're just going to assume that Drew Brees never comes back and gives Alvin Kamara game-breaking value or assume that Dalvin Cook never is going to put up another, like, it's it's going to be hard. But, like, I'm saying that this is a, a poor week to snapshot Connolly's team because literally up and down his team, they were putting up career numbers. Like, yeah. not just game highs, not just season highs, career numbers. Like, it, it that I just wanted to, to point that out because I feel like <clears throat> it, uh, the, 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 the team is kind of misconstrued at this point to be this, like, unbeatable uncompetitive team but i really feel a little bit differently yeah and he also gave up his entire draft capital for next year so like no the way that i like in the next to play like dynasty, two years yeah the, the way that i like to play dynasty in the beginning is i, I kind of like to do like a productive struggle kind of approach because i feel like especially in startups like people don't value draft picks very much so i like to i accrued a couple first round picks over yep. the next couple of years and i just wanted to kind of sneak into the back of the playoffs and see if i could make something happen but like i i really wanted to set myself up for success in the future and like i think that's fair and i think like in daniel's case the rebuild i think that was important i think that he's going to get more value out of a rookie running back alan robinson who's a beast and a first round pick than he would out of Derrick henry who's on his second contract and even though it helps the team that's like obviously very talented like i don't think that it was an unfair trade and like like different people have different ways that they like to play dynasty you obviously went receiver heavy and i think that that's important for like long time success and for just having guys that win you weeks you know like it like people just play dynasty differently yep. and like obviously connelly sold out for this year and like i would hope that the team that sold out for this year is at least competing in the end you know like I, he he's seven and five right now and like i, I don't know i just wanted to and to throw that kind of out there also you know? here's what i want to say like i specific i'm not going to speak for you but i specifically when he drafted i was not impressed with his draft 
but clearly like he knew what he was doing and he has had guys (laughs) he has had guys in that draft that have become diamonds in the rough like antonio gibson grabbing antonio gibson at the end of the draft will fuller you know all of these things and so like to to a degree like we're sitting here complaining about how incredible his team is when he did a great job of making a good team like he was running back heavy before he made a single trade like this was clearly his plan in the draft like that's what he wanted to do right and then he went out and he was like you know what michael thomas is on the trade uh is on the trade block i'm gonna go try to get michael thomas and he goes against michael thomas okay he gave up in in that trade to me he gave up keenan allen and in the trade to like daniel for derrick henry he gave up allen robinson he's giving up like elite one receivers like it's not like we're trading like scraps for these guys like keenan allen i like keenan allen's the only reason i think i'm even competitive since that michael thomas trade literally like (laughs) but you know what i'm saying like i feel like we're sitting here complaining about how good his team is and not giving him credit for making a really good team i'm with you also fantasy changes so fast like oh in two years the players that he went out and traded for we have no idea who drew Drew Brees' backup is going to be if it's taysom hill I promise you, you can mark Michael Thomas down as not being a top five receiver because Taysom Hill is not getting him the ball quite as much. You know, like all of these things change so quickly. Um, But at the same time, like I want to give Conley credit. Like he's going for it. and He knew he had a roster to go for it. I'm excited. Like good for him. Great job. And I hate that our league just sits here and complains about everything. (laughs) Yeah, i know so, whatever man. but uh get over hey but it makes it fun it's kind of like trash talky like i think that like trash talk is good and like i i just i have a problem when like the competitive of the league is brought up just because like right. i still feel like garrett zach like you and Connolly all kind of have a shot yeah and i mean if camden's team he puts up a lot of points i really don't think that i have a real shot like maybe nick chubb has like an 80 point week and like i sneak in and upset somebody but like realistically i'm sneaking into the back of the playoffs with like probably the worst team in the playoffs so it's like i'm excited to watch it kind of play out but i don't think that it's like i'm excited to do some deeper dive analysis and i don't think that it's going to be as easy as everyone says it is for like one team in the league i agree and it could be and that's fine you know, like yeah. if he goes on a run of scoring 170 points, yeah, every game, he deserves to win. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. You know, it but is, this is a guy. Is. Last week we were talking about could possibly miss the playoffs. You know, yeah. so let's and not he, act uh... like he went he went 13 and 0 and just ran over the league the entire year. Yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah, Garrett. Yeah. That was Garrett all year until Alvin Kamara took a hit. You know, so and Russell Wilson. Yeah, uh, we can talk about Garrett's team. That was a good transition because Garrett's team, Russell Wilson, Alvin Kamara, those were like the world beaters that he had been leaning on, mm-hmm. and now uh, the the uh, Seahawks are taking a little bit more of a run heavy approach. And like, it's not like these guys are playing bad. They're just not giving you the like wide receiver or the uh, running back and quarterback one on the week that they were giving you before yeah i uh i i do i do think that in order for garrett to make a real championship run he's going to have to have drew Brees back for alvin Kamara, um and russell wilson will have to like kind of return to that elite mvp-esque form but um like right now it's it's kind of difficult with Latavius Murray kind of taking the more traditional running back snaps next to Taysom Hill and uh also with Garrett Shaq Thompson and Buda Baker uh, his IEPs had been especially Buda Baker just like winning weeks 
and now they're having more like down to earth numbers. So um, I don't think Garrett's out of it by any means, but it does no. seem like these downward trends um, are going to need to flip before uh, the playoffs in order for him to like return to that um, like elite number one spot that he was sitting at before. Yeah, he also hasn't had Adam Thielen for the past two weeks, which yeah. uh, what at one point was wide receiver one in fantasy. Yeah, so he is nasty. That's so a, is nasty. It's a it's a big loss and a big game that he'll get back when he's ready. Yeah, um, I don't for sure. think that there's anything that's going to prevent him from being in the playoffs. So. <clears throat> or being available for Garrett in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you. I uh, Garrett's team is still really good as we've seen all year. Um, yeah, and so Alvin Kamara I think is the X factor. As far as quarterbacks, we've seen outside of Patrick Mahomes, I think every single quarterback has kind of been uh, down the last couple of weeks. Like look at Justin Herbert this past week was not very good. Josh yeah. Allen these last couple weeks hasn't been very good. Kyler has not been very good the last couple weeks. No. Yeah, you so, know who has been really good consistently that surprised me? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Bro, is Aaron Rodgers like another top like is he a top fantasy option again? He just took two years off. Like uh, is he like can we talk year? about him in the same light? Like as he was two year two or three years ago when or three or four years ago when he was like quarterback one undisputed, like or like a quarterback one undisputed in uh in every week regardless of matchup so far i mean we got on to ben yeah. last week for not <laughs> yeah. playing aaron Rodgers, you know so he's just uh, good man he this season yeah he's quarterback i mean a uh, matchup proof essentially so yeah yeah uh been playing well but you're right a lot of these like uh top fantasy option quarterbacks have uh kind of dipped a little bit but i think they'll be back i will say garrett holding on to robert tonyan um has Paid looked off. really good uh, like if he can get 15 points out of his tight end, the spot where he struggled all year, that's incredible. David Montgomery also, was back <laughs> and put up 23 <laughs> fantasy points. Like he looked really Dude, good. Yeah. David Montgomery career high fantasy points. So, uh, I don't know, bro. Maybe, maybe he's not as matchup proof, positive or negative as we thought. Maybe he has a little bit more juice than we've been giving him credit for. Uh, but I don't know I if I'm willing to go that far. For but, uh... Taysom Hill. <laughs> I would do anything for Taysom Hill, bro. My quarterback situation hurts so bad. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I, I look at some of y'all's backup quarterbacks, and I was like, the things that I would do for these backups, because right now it's <laughs> okay, Derek Carr okay, and Jared Goff. Like... <laughs> no, no, yeah, I don't think you understand. I was like drooling over Philip Rivers yesterday on Zach's team. I was like, dude, I just like somebody that's not going to, Give me negative five points, please. <laughs> My quarterbacks combined. Jared Goff was point zero two last week, and Derek Carr was like negative five. Like, how am yeah, I supposed to win anything? How was I supposed to? I was better off leaving my quarterback slot empty, and that's the highest scoring slot in fantasy football. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and move on to you and Zach's matchup. So, uh, as you alluded to, your team did not perform great this week. Uh, Zach no, but let's talk about Zach's team for a second. Yeah. So Zach wins know. 130 yeah. to Gabe's 93. I had Zach winning last week, and Gabe, you had yourself winning, of course. Uh, oh, also mm-hmm. me and you both had Conley winning, so we got that one right. Um, hey. But yeah, go ahead and talk about Zach's team. Yeah, um, Eric Kendricks, like I talked about before, um, he's a beast Monster. on the Vikings. He had 12 total tackles, a pick. He's now uh, he's averaging 9.7 tackles per game, which is a career high for him. And he leads all linebackers in the NFL with three 
interceptions. Um, he's IDP three in our scoring format and just been such a consistent uh, force for Zach. I think the combination of Eric Kendricks and Dalvin Cook has been just really, really elite for Zach. Those two Vikings are like elite fantasy options. Mm-hmm. And then Amari Cooper, uh, six catches, 112 yards and a touchdown. Dude, he's looked kind pretty of, good. With, yeah, uh... kind of the only bright spot on Thanksgiving with Andy Dalton. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that he, despite the loss of Dak, should be able to sustain some of that production. Yeah. And then for myself, uh, we've talked about it a little bit, or at least hinted at it. My team kind of imploded. Um, I had three players on my roster with negative fantasy points and two of them in my starting lineup. Um, Derek Mm. Carr lost three fumbles, which is minus nine points. Threw an interception, minus two points. And was sacked three times, minus three points. So... On erroneous fantasy plays, negative 14. Like, he had to overcome a negative 14 deficit to even, like, have a positive score, which he didn't. But, you know, that's a tough hole that you dug yourself, Derek, so I don't know what to tell you. The whole Raiders team was atrocious. And then, um, Wait, did I mean, you see Derek Carson... John, did you see John Gruden came out and apologized? <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. He should have. That was embarrassing. It was so bad, man. And uh, so Derek Carr still has a touchdown to interception ratio of 19 to 4 on the season. And so, like, he's having a pretty good football year. He's kind of led the Raiders to 6 and 5, but this team kind of plays to its competition. Yeah. So, like, they get up for games against the Raiders or against the Chiefs, like, in division. But, like, dude, how am I going to trust you in fantasy if... Like, the Falcons is a plus matchup. Dude, how do you put up six points against Atlanta? So, like, this week, I'm like, do I trust you against the Jets? Or, like, are you going to play down to the Jets? And, like, do I think the Jets are going 0-16? Because if I don't, this is a very clear trap game. So, like, I don't know, bro. And then um, I was going to say, poor Kendall Hinton, bro. Um, He hadn't played quarterback since 2018 at Wake Forest. And I think he got confused. Like Wake Forest, the colors are like gold and black. Oh my and, like, god! I think so the Saints. Like <laughs> it just it was having flashback. He was like, uh, I mean, this man, this man got signed to the practice squad as a receiver on November fourth. So that's why people didn't even know who he was. But I do think that it was, it kind of evidenced like that's probably the closest that we'll get to like an off the streets player playing quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And like just the gap that is there that exists between like. Like, you can be a good quarterback and still not be a good NFL quarterback because of how, like, elite these defenses are. Like, these guys were like, – like, the Saints defense is really good. But yeah. just getting that picture of, like, what it actually looks like to – like, Kendall Hinton is an elite athlete. I'm sure that, like, to even make a wide receiver – like, a practice squad as a wide receiver, he is, like, double the athlete that, like, any of us would ever be. And so just getting that little peek into, like – the talent gap between like high school to college college to nfl and then like practice squad to like like elite nfl athletes or even just good nfl athletes are so like they're just a cut above athletically and like i don't know just like talent wise than some of these guys that we uh just like assume like i don't know like uh, it, it takes a lot to be a really good like NFL athlete. And we got to see a little bit of that in some of these games um, this week. So COVID has been interesting, but it has at least um, like made us appreciate good competitive football and like the difficulty that it takes to climb to the top in the NFL. So yeah, that's about all I have to say about 
team. My team imploded, but it is what it is. Uh, I did. I read this tweet that was about Kendall Hinton. They were like, "Man, what an incredible story that Kendall Hinton's gonna be able to tell, like his kids and his grandkids." <laughs> and I was like, "Just don't tell the ending of like you were the worst quarterback of all time." Uh, no, no. I mean, Day. career high in passing yards, career high in uh, passing attempts. So <laughs> you're not wrong. You're I don't know, bro. Uh, one of nine for 13 yards and two touch. I mean, two interceptions yeah. is. Uh, two picks. <clears throat> yeah, he can leave that part out of the story, but he can. And he can also say that he wasn't even the worst quarterback that week because there was plenty of bad quarterback play, namely my own quarterback in fantasy. Oh my gosh! You had all three of the worst quarterbacks of the week. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it, <laughs> and I have to go forward with these guys. I see what you're talking about. You're willing to do anything. To get... <laughs> no, I don't think you understand. When I traded away Ryan Tannehill, I was like, "Bro, it's a ten-team league. How hard can it be to find like a decent starter?" I, like, <laughs> who's hoarding hard? all the quarterbacks? <laughs> I don't know, bro. Every, uh, everyone has two or three good ones that's funny all right getting into the last matchup here was Bowie versus Daniel <clears throat> uh just out of habit almost said Bowie lost to a stat correction but actually he didn't <laughs> um Bowie's team was horrible put up the least amount of points I think in our league all season uh puts up 75 points and Daniel for the second week in a row his team <laughs> all of a sudden is a uh, like kind of consistent and puts up 133. That's nothing to like write no, home. I about, told you. But... I told you that he set up his team accidentally. I said earlier in the podcast to make like a late season push, and I really think that like the game against Garrett, had he won, like had he won that game, since I said that he wouldn't have. He would have been three and zero. So like he <laughs> he set up his team like in a weird way. But I'm glad that he traded away Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry was a big reason that I was even saying that. And so, um, like, his team, I mean, I'm excited to watch Deshaun Watson without uh, Will Fuller. Not that I'm excited, but, like, I want to see what happens in that game and, like, some of these players. Um, but, yeah, it's been weird to watch Daniel's team consistently put up big numbers even uh, even after um, the trade deadline. Do you think part of it is, like, he's not having to sit there on Sunday morning and make a decision <laughs> It's yeah, like pretty much he has it set for who's it, yeah. who it's going to be. I think that's helped a lot. And also, um, I don't know, like the COVID thing with Jonathan Taylor helped him play Naheem Hines and like uh, Curtis Samuel, yeah. the absence of Christian McCaffrey helps make that a more uh, like stomachable play. So, yeah, let me see. Who did we? So I had Bowie winning and I didn't actually write down who you chose, but. I don't. I probably chose Bowie, honestly, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Bowie's team for just a minute, because uh, this is not a good Worried sign. Me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as you alluded to before, he's going to be down quite a few uh, key players for mm -hmm. him. Um, in fact, as I'm going down his list here, he's going to be missing his top four guys, so both his top running backs, um, if Clyde were to miss. And then Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore uh, are on bye this week. Uh, Johnu Smith, his tight end, is now out. Mike Davis, his first flex, is a Panther, so he'll be on bye. Yeah. 
no, yeah. His team is his team is uh like definitely in a difficult spot here um in the upcoming weeks. And I I've been worried about his receiving core for a little bit just because he relies pretty heavily on the Panthers and the Jaguars receiving core. Outside of them, he has like flyers like Willie Sneed, James Washington, Torrey Smith, but like his receiving core outside of the depth that's there is pretty shallow. One of the shallower ones in our league. And so um, on bye weeks or barring like the DJ Moore injury, he's going to be in a difficult situation playing Keelan Cole matched up as a wide receiver two against other wide receiver twos. Like, I mean, most of, like just take like Connolly's wide receiver two is DK Metcalf. Your wide receiver two is one of Devontae Adams or Tyree Kill. It's going to be hard to get even competitive production from Keelan Cole or DJ Chark. That to match those guys you know so like yeah i don't know it's uh like his running backs are, are fine and he has depth there but um if they don't play this week it's still gonna be um difficult but just talking about the matchup real quick um alan robinson has played well he plays much better with mitch trubisky because mitch trubisky's touchdown rate i believe is 11.7 percent um so on 11.7 percent of his throws he throws a touchdown compared wow. to nick Foles' is like four point something percent so like it's it's both bad both kind of cover your eyes football to watch but at least mitch trubisky with the scrambling keeping plays alive like he has a much higher chance he, he unlocks the ceiling for that offense a little bit more than Nick Foles does. And then Deshaun Watson's just really good. Um, so good. Will Fuller injury or the Will Fuller news is sad, but um I still think that Deshaun Watson can can overcome because he's showed that he can overcome a lot of these things. Who was and, the other I mean, I'm, Texans player that got suspended? Oh, Bradley, Bradley Roby, Roby, our shadow corner, who both of them were having like insane seasons. Like whatever that they were taking as a performance enhancing drug needs to be like legalized and expedited because both of these guys, contract years, career years, like they were, they were so good. They, they like, it was unexplainable how good these guys were. They needed to be drug tested because holy moly, Bradley Roby is the only good player on our entire defense besides like, okay. maybe JJ Watt. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Houston himself, you're not going to put in there. Uh, but you had but, to know something was up when Will Fuller was healthy yeah. all year, right? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll never know. Like, we're never going to open that, like, be able to open that door behind the curtain but i hope after um, he retires he'll share the story of what actually happened yeah, yeah but it is unfortunate uh well you know i'm excited for i picked up kiki qt this week i think isaiah coulter is on your practice squad or taxi squad or whatever we call it so mm -hmm. uh we could see like the emergence of some of those guys we also could see a little bit more duke and david johnson on the field a little bit more maybe with duke or david in the slot um i think jordan akins could be interesting but We'll have to see what the Texans offense comes up with. Um, I don't know who who even be doing that down there, Romeo Cornell, or he passes it off to somebody. But I don't know. That's enough about the Texans. Bowie's team, Kyler Murray, kind of came down to earth. That AC joint sprain kind of yeah. made him a little bit more run shy. Um, Josh Jacobs. Um, well, he and hold on. Was about Kyler, he has yeah. a brutal end of season schedule. Like he plays yeah. the Rams and then the Giants, who have a surprisingly pretty good defense. Um, they do. Philly, San Francisco, and the Rams again. Like that is a 
a brutal end of season here. Uh, yeah, especially <clears throat> now that the um the the Forty ers got Richard Sherman back, and I don't know, they just like there's certain teams that like they get significant injuries and just kind of hang it up, and then there's teams like the Forty ers who are just so well coached that I mean, like you saw, like they're Drake also Greenlaw, losing for with example, talent. Has, yeah you know but like i'm like they traded away like uh what's that guy's name quan alexander mm-hmm. to the saints like this is a elite middle linebacker that they traded away and dre greenlaw just steps in and he's filled those shoes incredibly like they just have pieces that like just it they they're just they're they're so well coached and their scheme is so good every week that they're always going to be at least competitive so um anyways uh josh jacobs he was in the same game as Derek carr so obviously he didn't play that well because the team didn't play that well and then johnny smith got goosed um i think the team likes to use um so many of their different weapons Derek henry uh aj brown Corey davis they kind of demand a pretty high target share just because of their talent and then Anthony Ferkser has also come on as of late as a tight end option for them. So I, I just think Jonu Smith is going to be a little bit more inconsistent, which is sad because he's so athletic, but um, it's just, I don't know. Jonu Smith is going to be difficult um, going forward. Yeah. I just think across the board, his team underperformed and that's how you end up with uh, the lowest points lowest. of the yeah. season. I'm glad he took that title from me because my team is already like if you look at it too closely, it kind of hurts your stomach. So like I'm glad that I don't even have to I don't have to be the lowest scorer of this season and yeah. still make the playoff. And what did we? I was trying to see how many first round picks does Bowie have this year? Is it just one? I don't know. Let me let me double check. Yeah, while you're checking that, I'm gonna we're gonna go on to the uh, matchups for this week so that we can talk only reason I was asking Gabe is because we had talked kind of middle of the season that Bowie wanted to pick a direction um, for which way his yeah. team would go. And I, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. He, he didn't pick, he didn't pick a direction really. He okay. has um, like, he traded, he first round swapped with Ben and then second round swapped with big R, yeah. but his other picks are still intact and he has three picks every year for the next three years. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, I was just yeah. just wondering on that because as we're going to look at these next matchups here, um, all of these are going to have super big playoff implications. Um, so let's just go ahead and get right into it, Gabe. So okay. first matchup is going to be against me and you. How fitting that How we, get fitting. To, uh, we get to end the season together. Mm-hmm. Um. And right now the projection is I'm just gonna round, so it has me winning 142 to your 136. Go ahead mm-hmm. and hit us with a with a few thoughts you got on this. Okay, one. so my thoughts Key on matches. my side on on my side of the ball, I really don't want to play Sterling Shepard or really Cole Beasley to <laughs> compete with your team. I would much rather play like a David Johnson or a Miles Gaskin there. Um, so if if those guys can get healthy or I, I feel confident in them, I will probably like I I might leave like a Cole Beasley David Johnson kind of combo. So at least maybe I can get some PPR bump from Beasley. But like looking across, I'm going to need some good production pretty much across the board to compete. And dude, my quarterback. If my quarterback <laughs> can have a decent game, I think I've got a shot. But um, you play against Arizona. I just, 
So it's not a bad I, matchup. Yeah, I, I still haven't decided who I'm going to go with, to be honest oh. with you. Jared Goff or Derek Carr. Because Derek Carr plays against the Jets, bro. Like, the Jets have three DBs on IR. They have Adam Gase as their coach. Like, have also you seen no some Josh of the stuff Jacobs. he says? Have you seen some of the stuff he says? He says, like, oh, I feel pretty good about, like, Frank Gore's workload. Like, yeah. this dude has no idea what he's doing. He Which is why he's like, still the head coach. Like, he so literally no clue. So that's why I'm like, Derek Carr is a good NFL quarterback. The Jets are a bad NFL team. So therefore, I feel like it's, this is the Patrick Starr meme where he's like, so this is your wallet. Like, it, it should make <laughs> sense. But, like, it doesn't because Derek Carr just put up negative five points, bro. <laughs> like, oh, man. like, that's how I'm feeling right now. It's like, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. The Jets. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. So, it, it, needless to say, um, team's going to be tough to beat your team, especially since J.K. Dobbins is playing Dallas and... I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I feel pretty good about my team, like I said, um, outside of those two. But that's kind of my side of it. Um, your team just has such elite receivers um, that it's always going to be a challenge. So, yeah, my thoughts. That's on, kind of my analysis. Yeah, let's hear yours. My thoughts on my team. So one, two key matchups. So Josh Allen really hasn't been great the last couple weeks, uh, or he had yeah. a bye week and then really wasn't that great last week. Um, yeah. I like I would feel really good if he got 20 points. Like just give me 20. Why to Cole Beasley get yourself 20 points? There you so go. Cole Beasley has 40, bro. I I'm don't actually okay care. with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um and then my other key matchup that I'm looking at is JK Dobbins. Yeah. I think the matchup against Dallas is so juicy. They just oh, gave yeah. up incredible production to Antonio Gibson. I just hope that Harbaugh like comes out and he's like committed to mark ingram and gus edwards you well, know for the sake for the sake of my fantasy team <laughs> so here's the thing mark ingram has not been cleared or elevated has not been elevated yet he still can be elevated but mm. he has not been elevated yet and if he's not i would see jk dobbins is pretty much the feature back and um, yeah and gus bus i don't know he in that game, if you can week. take anything from it yeah it was he's not very good against eight man boxes yeah <laughs> that's so, what i think from um <laughs> So that would be a key one I'm looking at. And then everybody Mm -hmm. else, I I feel pretty good, like, just from a consistency basis. I know uh, Terry McLaurin has a chance of not playing, uh, or he's questionable, but but I I do think that he's going to play. And I would probably just sub in, like, a running back, like Damian Harris. Especially since they're in a, like, league-winning battle. Like, I think the the football team has as good a shot at anybody to win the nfc east yeah, so they kind of anybody has as good a shot at anybody in that in that division True. colt mccoy in the nfc east playoffs anybody the little ut action i don't yeah. know <laughs> so, um if i'm being honest gabe uh i'm not too too concerned about this matchup necessarily because i think even if i win and uh zach wins i can only go up to the two seed yeah which yeah. That would get me a first round, first round buy. So actually, Which I would, I think I would that's love good. that. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that's what you need. So like, it's it has playoff implications yeah. for both of us. You actually do the you can secure right. a buy, and I can secure. If I win this week, I get the fifth or the sixth spot, no doubt. Yeah. So, um, or actually, the fifth spot, no doubt. Yeah. So actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. I would love to win and have the first round buy. So yeah. never mind. Uh, but now, <laughs> I will say. Looking at the matchups, or like looking at the playoffs, currently Conley is in the, what is that, 
fourth spot and i don't think he can move like he's going to be in the fourth spot yeah. no matter what so right. in the second round of the playoffs the first seed more than likely will be taking on conley i yeah. that so you... as much as we talked about how anybody can win this thing that is probably a team i want to avoid uh as, yeah, as much true. as possible um and so i would love to have the second seed actually i think oh, the second seed would be perfect so now it's like you went from this matchup doesn't matter to like i need to win to well, well sorry second <laughs> I, I said it didn't matter because i wanted second or third yeah, uh, yeah. but then i didn't i forgot about the first round bye so yeah. uh, second would be perfect actually so gabe if you can just throw this week that'd be awesome uh, yeah, no chance. <laughs> no uh, but no, it'll be fun. I, like you said, do we? Ha how many players do we have playing on Monday and Tuesday? Count up yours real quick. I got one, two, three, four. Like four of my players don't play until Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, I've got three on Monday. Yeah, so, so it's gonna be tough to decide. Yeah, it won't be um, decided until yeah, until probably like, Monday night or Tuesday night honestly two of my receivers and a linebacker yeah so um moving on to the next matchup here we've got uh oh obviously i'm gonna choose myself to win i'm guessing you're gonna choose yourself to win i will be choosing myself ah, to win good pick good pick <laughs> <laughs> um okay going on to the next matchup here we've got camden versus conley so uh the projection currently has camden putting up 140 points to conley's 156 uh, points so obviously conley winning um in the projection battle uh what do you foresee in this matchup um well first of all i just want to talk about camden has been like on the receiving end of probably some of the worst bad beats in this league he's gotten stat corrected all the way up to thursdays he's had injuries to some of his early draft picks he Lost to you last week because Tyreek Hill decided to go 60 points on him. Like, he, I feel bad for the guy. And I do think he's going to sneak into the playoffs. But how fitting would it be if Bowie's team, with nobody playing, managed to sneak in because, like, one, like, Keelan Cole got two, like, 80 yard bomb touchdowns from, like, the backup court? Like, it would be ridiculous, but, Who do you like, I just, who do you feel worse for in the league, Bowie or Camden? Definitely Camden. Um, really? Just because? What, are you talking about like for because of bad beats or because of? Yeah, um, like like Bowie's had what two stat corrections and lost yeah. two games so I because think, of I within also, five. I think the reason I feel bad for Camden is because I actually think that Camden's team is one of the better teams in the league. Like I think that he's built oh, it well. I think that he has that. depth. And, yeah. like, I always thought that Bowie's receivers were going to be an issue. So I actually – I think that Bowie has kind of overperformed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Not that his team is bad by any means, but, like, every time I looked at his receivers, I was like, bro, how does this guy, like, keep winning? Like, he, he has, it's, it's incredible. Like, he has the fifth yeah. best points for on the season. And, and, and that's what I mean. Like, it's just – so I think that that's why – like, I feel like Camden's team has um, – like potential he mm -hmm. just gets a little bit unlucky and then Bowie gets a little bit unlucky and other times he gets a little bit lucky but um that's i think that's why i feel the worst for cam obviously i feel bad for Bowie too because i've been like i've, I've beat him barely and like he's yeah. he feels like he's always being stat corrected but i think in <laughs> the grand scheme of things like just the, like over and over bad beats that camden's gotten um i feel like have even been a little bit unfair to a point you know yeah um so who do you have winning 
Uh, I have Connolly winning. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's it's gonna be. Let me pull up the matchup because I had just been looking at uh the Bowie and Bowie versus Camden who had worse luck. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know it. I think a lot of it hinges on whether Todd Gurley will play for uh, Camden in his second running back slot just because he really doesn't have a great option outside of Todd Gurley. Not that Todd Gurley is a great option, but he's a good bet to fall into the end zone um, and just secure you like a good 12 to 15 points, which I think Camden desperately needs in his second running back slot. Because if he doesn't have that, he's going to have to probably roll out Frank Gore, which, as you just mentioned, um, Adam Gase is really comfortable with his workload, uh, which is great, I guess. Um, But at the end of the day, would you rather rely on Frank Gore or Todd Gurley? I think I would take Todd Gurley in that bet. Uh, And he's going to need that production if he wants to try to keep up with Conley. Um, And then as far as Conley's team goes... um, He's just performed so well the last couple of weeks. Like, we've really seen his team come on strong. I think the scary part with Conley is that he's had Christian McCaffrey on his bench as he's been performing well. Um, And I know he has a a bye week this week, um, but when he comes back, yikes. So, I I think I am going to pick Conley to win uh, this week. Uh, His team's just played so well. Um, But I... As I was saying about Todd Gurley, I really think that's the X factor for Camden. If he can get the production there, I think his team has a chance because Aaron Jones can go out and get you two or three touchdowns. Justin Herbert's yeah. been really good. A.J. Brown yeah. has a great matchup against Cleveland. Brandon Cooks could be the guy the one, now that yeah. Will Fuller is out. So, like, I, I'm i not writing Camden off in any way. Um, I just think Conley's team has been performing the best, right. and I'm not going to go away from that. Yeah, no, I think I think Camden's team puts up like an above average line. I think he scores over 130 points, but it's gonna be it's gonna come down to like that 20 points um, between like the 150 range and the 130 range. I think that he's gonna be necessary to uh, win the week. I will say that on the topic of Justin Herbert, um, when targeting the end zone, Justin Herbert has 14 touchdowns and only one interception. That's incredible for a rookie. So um, Dak Jr. serving up the goods but um, i'm definitely high on justin herbert uh okay next matchup here we've got zach versus big r the projections have it uh big r winning 146 to zach's 135 so it actually has big r winning by quite a bit but we've seen we've seen this story (laughs) before with big r have these Mm -hmm. high projections uh i am a little uh not worried but weirded out why zach has such a low projection who did did he lose somebody um i don't see. Uh, james connor to covid is still in his lineup so that could be oh, it. oh, oh okay but, yeah that's why that's but why. there's not a whole lot of running back depth that he has aside from that so i guess he could do like a philip Lindsay and um melvin gordon stack if you just wanted to lock up the denver backfield you know that's something that they talk about being really good in fantasy football yeah but that's his subpar backfield that's his flex position so he can run any position out there oh you're right you're right and then lev bell if if ceh doesn't play yeah um could be at least decent might fall into the end zone or something but yeah yeah Uh, okay so that that actually 
that actually would change the projection quite a bit. I think it would actually have Zach and Big R almost neck and neck. Yeah. With if he just put in somebody that would get points into his yeah. lineup. Um, and so as much as I would love to see Zach lose, and then I could kind of jump him in the standings, I I don't think it's gonna happen. I think it's gonna be another case of like Big R's team gets projected a ton of points and then doesn't really put up any points. But what about yeah. you? I'm I'm gonna roll with Zach. I'll pick I'll pick Big R here. Um, you know what's crazy is looking at Big R's running backs, like long term in a dynasty, would you rather have rookie undrafted James Robinson or Ezekiel Elliott? Like he has both of them. Oh, and that's... like at the beginning of the season, like Zeke to no James brainer. Robinson, people would have laughed at you. But like I I don't think it's a no brainer because I think Zeke Dude. is still like Zeke's still good but and it's hard to tell because Dak is not in the offense and like obviously this has been a down year for him but like you think that it's a James Robinson no-brainer 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 dude he James Robinson's been incredible what it yeah he's like the he's a top three running back but you're not even you're not worried about like in a dynasty him having no pedigree that that head coaching and gm is probably on its last legs doug marone is probably on the way out like they the new regime didn't invest in this guy like you don't think they might just go out and get somebody who maybe has a better like pedigree or uh like so here here's why line speed or something here's why i'm not worried about that gabe Mm -hmm. because the jaguars quarterback right now is mike glennon Mike Glennon. That's if true. you're a defensive coordinator going up against that offense and you look up and down this roster, <laughs> who are you worried about? You're worried about yeah. James Robinson, right? Yeah, that's true. And so if you're going into all of these games, and it's not like Gardner was was very good outside of like the first two games this year. Yeah. Defenses are loading up on James Robinson and it does not matter. Like yeah, he, he's really he good. has been so good. And I actually I heard some stat and I can't remember, but outside of like nine or 10 carries on the season, James Robinson has gotten every single carry for the Jaguars. Yeah, no, his, his usage is insane. I'm just like, Zeke just got the bag. And like, you know that that Cowboys offense is at the lowest that it's ever going to be like, I hear. I don't you, know. It I... would be a difficult decision. I think I would still take Zeke, but it's like way closer than I thought it would be. <laughs> Man, I'll just tell you right now, if Zach hears this, you will be hearing about it in the, <laughs> in the league chat. It's but fine. um, I just thought that was interesting. But anyways, matchup. What have we talked about the matchup, or do we need to dig into it a little bit more? Yeah, dig in a little bit more. I chose Zach because uh, I think Pat, I think all a lot of his players have really good matchups, especially his running backs. Uh, Dalvin Cook against that Jacksonville defense, he he might put up forty points again. Um, yeah. And Patrick Mahomes has just been so so good in the la- later half of the the season. And as we've talked about his team before, he um, he just has all these players that can go out and get you 30, 40 points in a ridiculous manner. So, and uh, it's about time for a Tyler Lockett game. We've had enough DK Metcalf games. It's about time that Tyler Lockett reminded people who who he is. Maybe uh, people are talking <laughs> you don't think like so? why go away from DK. You know, I'm not saying go away from DK. I'm just saying throw him. Like, I mean, he's gotten a he's gotten a decent number of targets. I'm kind of looking at the game logs now. He's 
nine nine and then four last game but that was the dk only game like he had five so like the target volume is there he's just i don't know like yeah i yeah i i hear you it, it could happen i would probably side on on the dk metcalf side. oh yeah i'm not uh, saying start lock it over metcalf but i'm saying like eh, i don't know maybe I, dk like uh is covered and honestly i just think him. that like what these last five weeks uh we've really just kind of seen what tyler lockett is probably going to be going forward you think um, i i do i do like i really think russell wilson has has found his guy and like yeah hey, this is the dude it doesn't matter if you double team him like i'm getting the ball to dk metcalf and uh, if tyler lockett has a touchdown he's gonna have a great game because he consistently gets you what is it like 50 plus receiving yards and like you talked about the target share he'll get five to eight targets a game which is yeah. a decent game that's going to get you eight or nine points and then if he scores that's 15 like that's great but i, I well, honestly the, think that's yeah. what it is the reality um is though that if tyler lockett is only that um then zach his playoff shot is going to take a serious hit because he needs more than that um to really really be competitive in these you playoffs so even with julio yeah, I think so. Even with Julio, like even with Julio and um, Tyler and Amari Cooper, like he just doesn't have enough of a ceiling with that RB two slot. Like the RB two slot of Melvin Gordon and the Tyler Lockett slot. If those both are going to be underperforming going forward, I don't think that um, it's going to be very easy for him hmm. to win some of these playoff matchups against the best of the best in our league. Yeah, I'm trying to look at his bench right now to see if he's got any like. Yo, if this guy comes up, the only one I potentially see is like a Tony Pollard. And that would be a situation where like they tell Zeke, hey, this season's a wash. We want you to yeah. get healthy. Like, I guess, a bro. Potential situation like that. But <laughs> Zeke just put up 1.9. I'm not that excited about Tony Pollard in the case of a Zeke. <laughs> but if you watch the games, like. Oh, yeah, the explosiveness. But like, Tony Pollard still has something to prove. Bro, Zeke he, yeah, no, he's kind of. Uh, like dude better figure it out for the rest of the season (laughs) like it's it's weird but no you're you're right like he really doesn't have anybody on his bench that i'm like man potentially potentially this could be the dude the x no he needs he needs one of james connor melvin gordon or tyler lockett to be something the back half of the season or it is going to be really difficult for him yeah yeah that's true but uh what's the implications here with them so for zach he's looking at it either one two or three spot for big r uh, there's a possibility he sneaks into the playoffs, but it's pretty outside chance. So really, yeah. Big R's just kind of playing spoiler here for hey. Zach. So, um, but this one doesn't have huge playoff implications, I wouldn't think. Uh, did you have anything else on that? No, I think that's probably it. Uh, second to last matchup here, we've got Ben versus Daniel. Let's run through this one super quick because this literally does not have playoff implications. Um, but kind of just both of these players wanting their young guys to perform well going into next season. Uh, Daniel can't lose. Oh, what I did want to mention. So just remember the teams that don't make the playoffs, uh, it is going to be a lottery for the rookie draft. So it's not set. So like Daniel doesn't have the number one spot locked up. It just means he has the highest odds in the lottery to secure the number one spot. Oh, okay. Um, and so I will explain more of that. I after. didn't know that. 
Yeah, I'll explain more of that after the championship, but we did that in one of my other leagues, and it just makes it more fun. Um, it prevents... Oh, y'all uh, NBA fans. Yeah. I forgot about y'all. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does just make it more fun, and, like, you don't... It, honestly, you don't really want a team that's out there not doing their lineup or putting in these really bad players just so that they can secure the number one spot. This, this yeah. prevents that a little bit, so that's why we do the lottery. Um, I, I mean, I have a, I have another league where they're we're doing it by max points for. So like, it's oh. pretty, yeah. Oh, that's like cool. you, uh, like the least max points for um, is who does it. So yeah, there's different ways to do it. I've never done a lottery, but honestly, the NBA is probably like you could you could model a lot of your sports management around what the NBA does, and you'd probably be pretty fun. So sports management, that's my major <laughs> right there, boy. Uh, but anyway, uh, looking at the matchup, <clears throat> two two of the best quarterbacks, as we've mentioned, going yeah. against each other this week. So that'll be a True. lot of fun. Uh, True. A lot of it hinges on DeAndre Swift for Ben. If he's playing. I would love to see the new regime just give this guy the full workload. Like, what's what's <laughs> preventing you from doing that? You know, like, he's clearly shown yeah. he's the best running back in that backfield. Just go out and do it. Now, it's a bummer he plays Chicago. But um, I think he can still put up a good number of points. Justin Jefferson, sure. as we've talked about, uh, he's great. He has a great matchup as well. Yeah. Um, and then I did – Ben's rocking uh, Mike Gesicki. This week, as his tight end, what happened to no fan? I mean, it's just no hard. Fan. It's oh, it's, yeah. it's difficult. It's like no no fan is really good, but he plays on a offense that is really inconsistent. So it's like Gesicki. I think Gesicki hinges. If if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback, Gesicki, I think is a good play. If Tua is the quarterback, I would still probably roll with Noah Fant just because. Uh, yeah. Tua has not shown the same affinity for passing to his best options that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. And I don't, I don't mean Tua's young and Ryan Fitzpatrick is a vet. He, uh, like, I don't blame him for not having that kind of, uh, like skill set yet. It's very rare that somebody comes into the league with that, um, kind of mentality. The, mm -hmm. uh, especially like, coming off, I, of I don't have to, injury. right. Like in college, I think it helps to throw to the open receiver because especially playing at a like a school like um alabama like bama like <laughs> all of your options are five stars like it and doesn't open. really matter <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like it's um it's it's a little bit different um and i think ryan fitzpatrick has learned that even if this guy might be open like it's probably just better to throw it to your best players yeah so <laughs> yeah anyways um just breaking it down for a second. Also on the on Big R for uh, I, I I meant to say this, but Wayne Gallman has been like a wide or a, a running back one for the last like six or seven weeks. He's fallen into the end zone like five straight weeks. So Wayne Gallman <laughs> has been kind of a surprise in the yeah. absence of uh, Freeman. So I don't know. He, he, Is that true? Keep rolling. I'm looking keep, at this keep, right now. Keep rolling. Oh keep gosh. rolling out there, bro. Yeah, bro. His last five weeks: 14, yeah. 13, 14, I know. 19, keep out there. and seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, keep rolling him out there. Three, four, five. He has six he has, touchdowns in his last five games. That's what I said. I, I, I told you. I was looking at it, and I was like, hey, Wayne Gallman, I see you. What the heck, man? And he was always like Saquon Barkley insurance, like that you would draft in your fantasy leagues anyways. But with the signing of Freeman, I think that that was kind of like he was kind of the third back that you'd want to own in that backfield. But 
I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I don't like. I don't know that he's that much better than Freeman, but um, it was eh, keep keep rolling Gallman out there is all I'm saying. If you have him, um, but anyways, breaking down this matchup, like you said about DeAndre Swift, did you see that thing about Matt Patricia's possibly having a burner account yes. uh, on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> Eddie P something something where it was like father of three, like, and he had all this like NFL insider information. If you haven't seen this, um whoever's listening to the pod go go look it up just type like matt patricia burner twitter or something i'm sure you'll get a story on it um it's pretty hilarious to see some of the things that this guy was saying defending matt patricia and just saying like <laughs> it was never it, like if they just gave patricia more freedom in the uh, organization to do what he wanted to do and like defending the culture and stuff of this guy it was uh it was pretty eye opening, but I think I put the odds at like eighty twenty that that was actually his burner. Honestly, like it was it was too too accurate to be just a coincidence. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyways, um, the Colts uh, running back stack has has been pretty interesting, but honestly, <laughs> I don't I don't mind it. They're playing Houston, and Houston's defense has just been um like a funnel for fantasy points this year. Um, Josh Reynolds has gotten more targets um, over the last few weeks, but I think that in that game, um, a couple games ago where they reverted to the Cooper Cup, Robert Woods kind of target hogging that has been traditionally in that offense could maybe see Josh Reynolds down take a little bit. And Tyler Boyd with Brandon Allen. Um, we'll have to see what that offense looks like. Um, under a backup quarterback, but obviously the loss of Joe Burrow has huge implications because he was throwing the most passes in the NFL in neutral game scripts the Bengals were. So, yeah, not a, not a whole lot to infer from these, but and it doesn't have a ton of implications, but it would be fun. I think that the, both of these guys were obviously rebuilding for next year, so yeah, um, like, it would be fun to come back and talk about them in the offseason. Some of their rookies, some of their picks, what they could turn into. I will say, and this will kind of transition us into our last matchup here. Let's say Bowie's team, which we just kind of rattled off how um, hampered, to put it nicely, his team is going to be this week. Let's say Bowie's team puts up like a terrible line of, you know, 50 points, something like yeah. that, like league worst yeah. points. There is an outside, outside possibility that Ben could actually jump Bowie in the standings, not for playoffs, but for lottery odds purposes. Yeah. Um, he has to outscore Bowie by 129 points. <laughs> but I will say, I will say, if it were to happen, I think these, uh, like going against Bowie this week is like uh-huh. the possibility of it actually happening yeah the odds um, are not zero the odds are not zero that's a great zero. way to put it uh and that would actually be really funny considering when they did the pick swap like i remember questioning that part of it for ben i was like why did you do that like your team is clearly going to be worse and and it actually turns out that it looks like they're going to end up my projection very would be close that they to end each up other very yeah. close to each other um, yeah and so it, it ended up being kind of a non-factor or it'll be a factor because right. one of them's going to get a top pick but yeah that would just be kind of funny if the odds <laughs> landed like, like that. he bet on it and then yeah yeah, uh, yeah that exactly. would be crazy would um, be crazy getting into that so we do have garrett versus Bowie uh this week as we have alluded to Bowie's team is not looking good so uh sleeper 
in my estimation, has given Bowie a generous 105-point projection uh, compared to Garrett's 134-point projection. Um, so in Sleeper's mind, Garrett's going to win pretty easily. Uh, not even having to look at matchups and stuff, I would guess that that's probably going to be the case this week, um, unfortunately, yeah. for Bowie. I think he gets kicked out of the playoff uh, playoffs here, and Garrett secures his number one spot. So uh, that's my projection, kind of even without getting into the analysis po- part, portion of it, but do you want to get into specifically like player matchups? Yeah, I will. Um, I mean... If Mike Glennon has a good game against Minnesota's defense, then there's a shot. But the reality is that um, that rookie, whose name is escaping me, let's see if I can find it. Keelan Cole? Um, No, it was Colin Johnson last week um, with Mike Glennon was actually the go-to number two in that offense. Or maybe he was the number one because DJ Chark was out. Yeah. But um, Colin Johnson actually outplayed all the other receivers. Um, including Keelan Cole. Mm-hmm. So maybe we see a reversion back to Keelan Cole or LaVisca Chenault, but I, I just don't trust the Jacksonville offense right now. I don't. I think that they're trending down, and I think you start James Robinson, and then everybody else is just kind of way too many question marks. Yeah. Um, if Clyde plays, that could be helpful because the Denver game was not very competitive last time that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs played them, and so... Like, I, I feel the same way again. Like, I think that that's going to be a lot of the same way that it happens. And even though Kansas City doesn't really take their foot off the gas ever and, like, just run the clock out, um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire could still have a pretty good game if he plays. And then Gus Bus Kyler. It, the, the fact that he's rolling out Anthony Ferkser right now, I don't know if that's, like, a uh, like his decision right now or, like, he just doesn't know about – because he has Mark Andrews who's on the COVID list, so it's either Ferkser – Andrews or Johnu Smith right now. I don't know if I trust any of the Tennessee tight ends, but like I guess that I would I would probably well, play Johnu over Ferkser, but it's just like he's seen Johnu goose him, so like well maybe Ferkser. Johnu, just so you know, Johnu is listed as out for this week. Oh, he is. Yeah, I I didn't mention that on the entries, and I should have, but he's listed as out for this week, so I would imagine that's why he has hmm. Ferkser in there. I did that must have I must have completely missed that. Which maybe it can't, it can't get any worse than John yeah, last week. So that's uh, true. It's just hard, especially after the uh report that they want to throw the ball to Derrick Henry more. That puts that pushes the tight end uh kind of target value down even farther in that offense. Yeah. Um Chase Edmonds looks like he's kind of a change of pace back, but not gonna get very much goal line work like I alluded to earlier. And then Josh Kelly with um uh Austin Eckler back. Um, is li- little more than like a first down carry. Kind hey, of guy. he did get so, a touchdown last week. Did he did, he get did a but so that's kind of Bowie's team uh, in a nutshell. I don't expect him to win. I feel bad that his stud receivers are all on bye in a week that he has to win. Yeah, but um, I don't know. It's that's that's the way it just kind of the the cookie crumbles sometimes. Hey, who did you have then, for Ben and Daniel? uh who did you did i did you have daniel or did you have ben i chose ben okay I'll, i i was gonna choose daniel but i uh yeah I'll, I'll i'll go with daniel okay i trust deshaun and then you're going with uh 
Oh, uh, yeah, Garrett. I'm going with Garrett here. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I think that the important thing here is not really going to be who wins this game because I don't think that it'll right. be that close. But I think that it'll be interesting to monitor where David Montgomery <laughs> or, or what David Montgomery does with a good matchup, what Alvin Kamara does, because um, I don't think that he's going to sit at one catch for negative two yards for a very long in that last two week span. What Russell Wilson does against, because we'll have Bradley or we'll have a. Uh, James Bradbury on mm-hmm. DK Metcalf, who has been James Bradbury has been probably one of the best corners in the NFL to date. So um, we'll have to see. He, it's fun to watch DK Metcalf against these lockdown shadow corners. Let's face it, because like a lot of these guys don't He's play man players with the people. yeah they they just don't play the physical like they're they're really good route running corners. Like Darius Slay is an elite route running stopper. Like mm-hmm. he very intelligent breaks on the right routes but like when the receiver is just physically as gifted as dk metcalf it's like it's hard because you don't beat that with intelligence or with like um like film study or with just raw talent you have to kind of just beat that with physicality and like it's like you have to fight physicality with physicality and it's just a little different and then you have russell wilson throwing him the ball so like yeah. so the, the moon awesome. yeah the, the ball hits the rafters and comes down and lands like exactly. you couldn't have placed it in his arms better so exactly yeah uh, um but like just little things to monitor calvin ridley hopefully he gets back to form and then like i talked about earlier tanyan uh has been just as good a tight end as anybody can roll out there outside of me who has travis kelsey yep. so <laughs> the um, I, I think the big thing with Garrett, so this actually is probably the biggest implication, is uh, Zach is only 30 points four behind Garrett. Oh, okay. Um, and Garrett really has not performed as he had been all year. Right. Um, the last c- couple to few weeks. Uh, so there's a there's an outside chance that Zach could definitely catch Garrett. I don't think that there's a possibility I could. I'm like 60 points four yeah. behind him uh, or maybe 70 uh but that is something to look at if they were both to win um this is kind of a get right game for garrett going into the playoffs uh i don't think that he's really worried about losing he just wants to to see his team perform you know and so right um that's also what you were talking about but uh a lot of things for him to take a look at maybe maybe we can see them get alvin kamara going a little bit more yeah. with Taysom hill um but that's yet to be seen and they've won both games that they've played you know so i don't know how much sean payton cares about fantasy football alvin kamara as he does winning games you know so right um it'll be also it'll be interesting to watch go ahead i was gonna say he traded for latavius murray and if Taysom hill starts um like the playoffs for the saints are philadelphia kansas city minnesota pretty mm-hmm. good schedule for running backs uh as far as that's concerned and so it could be interesting if they roll with Taysom hill like i don't think I, I it would be crazy i think to bench alvin Kamara for latavius murray but yeah. maybe playing like a situation where you could like it i don't know the point i'm trying to make is that with Taysom Hill under center, Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara are much closer in ranking than they would be with Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. Um, he uh, Kamara takes a clear step back. Because even Taysom like Hill. even with Drew Brees, uh, like snap counts, uh, 
he like Alvin Kamara has never been like an elite snap count percentage. Like he plays like around 65% of snaps, even with Drew Brees. But the last two games uh, with Taysom Hill, it's been 50%, 65%, 50%, 51%. So like they've won all these games and mm-hmm. it's been hard, but like he's on the field only about half the time. And if he's not getting hyper-targeted like he used to be, Latavius Murray becomes really interesting um, down the stretch. So Last thing for Garrett here. So we talked about earlier in the season with Garrett's team just running everybody over. He was getting mad production out of his IDPs. Baker, right? Buddha, Buddha Baker. Baker. But look at his other IDP, Troy Reader. I think it's a sneaky great move by Garrett. Uh, Troy Reader's missed a lot of games this season, but just came back this last week and put up 26 points. Um, yeah. And so if Garrett can, I think the key for Garrett outside of the Kamara thing that we've talked extensively about. He's got to get back to having that production out of his IDPs. Um, And I think that's what he's looking for in this Troy Reader pickup. If he can get that, Garrett has been getting the best production out of those spots all year. Um, That gives him an edge in the playoffs. And so that's another thing he's going to be looking for. Uh, If he gets those guys to perform, He's back to being scary, you know, on on one of those top teams that'll make a championship. But did you have anything else on that matchup, Gabe? No, but I mean, taking Micah Kaiser's spot is um, like that. That's a good place to be, especially on that Rams defense where you have now Aaron Donald, you have Jalen Ramsey. And so it kind of it it, at all three levels, if you can get um, like an elite player to play at a high level, like you're going to have a stout defense. And I do think that Troy Reader could be that player in the fantasy playoffs. So, yep. Well, I know it was a long one today, Gabe, um, but we had a lot to talk about, a lot of implications with the playoffs going on. If you have nothing else, uh, I think that'll be about it for wrapping up our podcast. Did you have anything? No, man, I I don't have fun in college station. Good luck to everybody um, this week. I do hope that your players at least stay healthy and we have a good competitive fantasy football playoffs and uh, leading up to championship week in the offseason. I'm excited. No doubt, no doubt. Well, everybody, good luck, except for Gabe and Garrett.